because of the way the universe is created, we each of us live in two worlds at the same time. We have to live in the outer life of our own bodies and the inner life of our own souls. Hello and welcome to Living the Inner Life. I'm your host, Chris Sheridan, and I want you to join with me on a journey of discovery into our inner lives, our thoughts, feelings, emotions, experiences, beliefs, everything that we have in this interior aspect of ourselves that can help determine how we respond to the outer world and how we can use the tools of consciousness to improve the way we interact and experience our total life. So today I want to talk about divination, that is the act of gaining divine wisdom. Often this is called fortune telling, okay? We know of fortune tellers who read the tarot cards or maybe have a crystal ball, read your tea leaves. There are astrologers who will look at your birth chart and find out where the stars and planets were then and where they are now and how that somehow can give you some advice on what it is you're seeking. There are shaman journeys that take you deep into the inner world, and you can find out things through a power animal. And there's so many techniques. Most of them are ancient. A lot of them go way, way back. Uh, And there's even more modern ones, like the Rorsarch inkblot test or method of finding something. It's using this abstract figure, this image that was created by squishing two pieces of paper together with some ink, okay? And what's common in all these practices, all these different methodologies, is the random element, okay? That when you shuffle a deck and you spread them out and you pick this card and flip that one over, it wasn't really you doing it. You didn't stack the deck and set it up beforehand, Okay, or the tea leaves. It's just sort of randomly how they wound up at the bottom of the cup. You didn't go in there and position them. Same thing with the stars and the planets. You didn't align them and then decide to be born on this day. Okay, these things are going on, but there's some force of nature. Okay, or even with the inkblot test, that there's this randomness that however you just squiggle the paint or the ink in between the pieces of paper are basically folded over, you know, that this was done through some other means than you didn't actually paint this ink blot, okay? It was sort of created without your control, okay? Without you deciding, okay? Dream interpretation, that's another long, long history of divination, is getting insight, getting some wisdom from this abstract dream that you had. And again, you're not the dream weaver, okay? You didn't write that movie. You experienced it in your sleep, okay? And then maybe you need somebody to help interpret it, just like a fortune teller would with your tea leaves or tarot cards, okay? But it's not you who produced this. Your psyche did, but you didn't consciously do this, okay? Is it fate or destiny that you picked this card from a randomly shuffled deck? Is it you know, destiny that your tea leaves would land in a certain way? I don't know. But what I do know is that it's not you, okay? You didn't consciously do any of these things when you're involved with some form of divination. And I think that's where the divine element 
comes in, you know, that the natural forces, okay, are like the stars and planets or in, you know, tea leaves, you know, you have gravity and things like that, that there's just randomness and random not in it's not, doesn't have a meaning, okay? Point is, it wasn't you, it was some other force, maybe it was destiny that brought these things together so you could get some insight. Because when you have a reading, when you seek divination, you're looking for divine wisdom. Generally, you have a question or you need advice about a very particular thing. Or it could even be a general sense of, well, what do I do with my life right now? <laughs> you know, it might be more of an overview. And the point is to get insight. It's not to tell the future, okay? And if you go to a fortune teller or astrologer or anybody, or you do these things yourself, it's a great practice to do by yourself, you're not seeking the future, okay? And this is how it's going to be, and that's it, and wow, that's my fate. Really what you get, I think the best of what you can get, is insight into your present condition. An insight that you didn't come up with. And what you have to do then is take that advice. It's usually based on the way things are going now. And if it does predict or point toward a future outcome, again, it's based on the way things are going. So if it looks like it's going to go this way, and you go, well, maybe I don't want that. Then you have to change some of the things. So it's a way of checking in. It To me, it just gives you another angle. This is because I, I use the I Ching. It's an old Chinese form of divination. I use that, and there's a very particular shaman journey um, called soul retrieval. Uh, I use that quite often as a way of getting insight into what it is I'm dealing with at the time, because usually that comes after, you know, I've used my conscious mind, my logical mind, I've maybe gotten in touch with my feelings, I've written down the pros and cons if I'm trying to make a decision or faced with a decision, uh, or maybe I'm just lost in a particular area and I need another way of looking at it, okay? Now you can ask your friends, <laughs> you can... Um, ask a therapist, you can ask people and all that, but a lot of times what you get is somebody else's opinion or their idea on what they think it is you should be doing. You can seek that advice and you can take it, but with divination, it's this random kind of destiny or fate or something that picked this particular cards or caused the tea leaves or the bones to land in a certain way. And then it's up to you to interpret that and bring it into your life and say, okay, well, here's yet another way of looking at this. And since it's not you being the one who decided which one, even if you picked this card, you did it with the card turned down and plucked it out, that it gives you, oh, I never really thought of it that way. That's usually the best part about some sort of divinatory practice is that it gives you a way of looking at something yourself that you probably wouldn't have put together on your own, okay? Or not entirely, or maybe not in that way. And it's not based on somebody else's opinion. 
okay? And all these images that you get, whether it's an ink blot or if it's a knight with three swords riding a horse in a tarot card deck, or if it's number 37 out of 64 in the I Ching, or if it's tea leaves this way or stars and planets that way, whatever that is, it's supposed to give you some image, some almost like a mythic image, an archetypal image, a universal image that you can then apply to what it is you're going to do. And like I said, I've used divination uh, many, many times. I used to do it quite a bit, especially when I was learning some of these practices. Um, now I, at least currently, I use them just when I want that other angle, okay? When I don't have enough information or it still seems kind of cloudy, you know, if I'm trying to make a decision. You know, can, a lot of times I can rely on myself and my intuition, which is another tool of the inner life to develop. And these archetypal images that come through with some divinatory reading are ones that will elicit that, elicit that archetype inside. It's supposed to trigger some meaning, some angle of looking at this. Okay, so one of the ones I've used is the I Ching. It's a Chinese form based on yin and yang. You flip coins as the randomizer <laughs> to pick whatever, and there's 64 possibilities. And each one, there's a book that goes with it. Each one has um, you know, images. There's a lot of them are nature-based. Okay, this is very Taoism-based. And so heads and tails, yin and yang, and you flip the coins and you build this structure. It's called a hexagram. And that's supposed to give you some insight, some meaning into something. And I was at a point where I didn't know whether I should move away from a situation or if I should dig in and try to stay in it longer. And what I got was tree growing over the mountain or through the mountain, I guess. So mountain below and tree above. And I thought, well, okay, that's, that doesn't really help. Not at face value. What does that mean? Okay. And later that day, I went out and I actually saw, there's a very particular part in Los Angeles, right, uh, kind of north of, uh, you know, in the foothills above Sunset Boulevard. Uh, and there is this mid-century house. You've probably seen it. It's very famous. And uh, right next to it is this rocky part, and there is a tree growing right up in the middle of it. And it's like, well, there literally was the image that I had seen or I had gotten through the I Ching reading, but the interpretation just hit me like, wow, that's it. So the mountain is something that stays very, very still, okay? It's solid rock. It's not going anywhere. But the tree is growing, and it's growing up and above and out. So that told me that the answer, the insight anyway, that I ended up following was to stay where you are, but continue to grow, grow through this situation in spite of it or because of it. Not just like if the image were tumbleweed or something, I guess then it's time to pack my bags. <laughs> but this was the mountain 
and very stable, very solid, not going anywhere. And here's this tree that's growing. And that was the insight that I needed. That was a way I could continue. And, and it, it just it was like a burden was lifted. It's like, wow, that's it. And I trusted it. And it actually really worked uh, for me. So this is a way that you can get a new angle, a new insight on something. Okay. And it will come through with these archetypal, very symbolic images. And they do need that interpretation. And my advice when getting any kind of reading from someone, or again, if it's something you do yourself, is try not to interpret it too quickly. Okay, now have your first impression, because sometimes that can be really, really strong. You might have that aha moment. For me, it took a little longer, and I had to see something out in nature uh, for it to click. You know, it may happen the next day. Um, but if you're really working with something, and you really want to get the most out of the reading, hold it in your consciousness all day long, you know, and something will come if it doesn't come right away, or more will be revealed. Because if it's an ink blot, you know, those are very, very abstract. Uh, or if it's the I Ching lines, they're very abstract, even though there's a book of, you know, meaning that goes with them. The tarot cards are, well, they're symbolic, but there's an actual figure. There's somebody, you know, standing next to a stream pouring out the water, like Aquarius. Or there's, like I said, somebody on a horse. Or there's somebody on a boat. Or somebody standing on the edge of a cliff, blindfolded. You know, there's all these, and they're very specific, and they're clear, but they're symbolic in the sense that they can mean a lot of different things, depending on the question that was asked, depending on the place in consciousness where the person asking the question, that is you, is, you know, the context of the situation, you know, that may change the meaning of this archetypal image. So, you have to interpret it, you have to bring it in, and like the I Ching, or like the tarot deck, or an astrological chart, there's going to be, there's like a booklet that goes with these methods, okay? And if you get this card, well, here's the meaning for it. And if it's upside down, it means this. Or if it's the I Ching, you know, you have six lines, two of them are transforming, and that means this. Okay, those are guidelines, uh, they are supposed to help you get familiar with the imagery and to bring up ideas if you read the interpretation. But I would guard against literally taking the meaning, okay? Or being so close to the book. As a matter of fact, some of these, especially there's a lot of whimsical, there's one even with the cats, <laughs> tarot cards instead of these medieval kings and queens and uh, you know, these types of people, uh, there's, uh, it's all done with cats and it's, you know, it's great. Uh, but you take that symbol, okay. And you interpret it in a way that fits what it is you're asking about. And sometimes it's an element on the image. And if it gets really, really abstract, like tea leaves or the ink blots, you know, you have to like seeing a shape in the clouds. You might have to squint your eyes and and just wait for something to kind of come to you, you know, and keep thinking of the question or whatever the request is, whatever is being inquired. 
that you would need a reading, you keep repeating that and lay it against this image, and then that will give you some other way, some insight that you wouldn't have gotten on your own towards what it is you're dealing with. So try not to be too literal, okay? Oh, he's got four swords. Well, that means this. Well, it may, but look at the picture. You know, is the person looking down? Or are they looking up and far away? You know, that would have huge meaning, regardless of what the booklet says. You know, if, to me, if somebody's standing, you know, on a hill and looking way out, that would have a different meaning to whatever the question is than somebody sitting alone with their head hung low and, you know, there's a deer sleeping next to him or something. I don't know. I'm just making stuff up. But uh, the point is, it's going to give a different response. It's going to bring a different thought, a different insight, because it kind of works on you. All right. And so try not to take it too literally. Try to look at this symbol as a way of gaining insight, you know, that you didn't do. You didn't pluck this card. You didn't make the tea leaves this certain way. All right. So with dream interpretation, that can give a little bit more complex elements to a divinatory reading. Because first of all, if you have the dream and you're trying to interpret it, you have to remember it, first of all. And they're always loaded, <laughs> you know? There's, you know, it's it's somebody's, you know, sister and you're, you know, at the bowling alley and then your third grade math teacher is there with the dog you had when you were a child. I mean, you know, it's always weird things put together and they can be very loaded, okay? Because they can mean something to you if it's a pet you had as a child. That would mean something um, to you emotionally uh, that, you know, maybe somebody else who didn't have that pet, it wouldn't really, you know, matter. Uh, so you have to be careful with how personalized these things are. And that's what, you know, makes dream interpretation sometimes better done through groups. I've done some work and uh, participated in some several dream work classes. And there is a classical kind of Greek way of looking at dreams because dreams were so important in ancient times. Uh, and it's in the Bible, you know, it's Constantine, whether he went into battle and, you know, change the course of Western civilization. All these things uh, have to do with dreams. You know, battles were fought, you know, marriages were made or not made. Uh, great things, small and, and, and large, were done based on a dream and the interpretation of the dream. What does it mean? What does it mean to you? What does it mean in this situation? So a lot of dream work is better done with a group. And as a tip, make sure you don't tell the person what you think their dream means. Don't interpret it for them, but ask them questions. Okay, well, what is that? Okay, there was, you know, your sister-in-law was down by the river and, you know, and she had three fish. Okay, well, what's, you know, what's your relationship with your sister-in-law? When was the last time you saw her? You know? Or, you know, what's your connection with fish? You can ask questions, but try not to give the answer because a lot of these, and I think 
you know, probably in the largest sense, unless you have a really, really good fortune teller or reader, uh, a lot of these ultimate interpretations, like what it really means to you, is done by you. You can even take, you know, the reader's advice or their interpretation and put your own spin on it. Okay, that may trigger something in somebody else. To give an example of one I did for somebody, it was a shaman soul retrieval journey. And you go deep in, and I was journeying with the person uh, who was next to me. And I was doing the journey, although she was coming with me in this, you know, eyes are closed, and it's very imaginative, and you go to the center of the earth. And uh, one of the things you need to bring back is something from the chamber of treasures. And, you know, I've always think, okay, here's this room I'm in here. Is there a shelf? Is there a light? Can I see anything? And something came up and it was a jack in the box, you know, the little cube thing that you turn and it does the pop goes the weasel. And finally the hatch flies open and this thing pops out. Okay. It's a jack in the box. And, and I felt really bad for this woman. Like, okay, here's your treasure. And when I came back and sort of gave her the debrief on, on what all the things that I saw down there to bring, um, you know, some insight to shine a light uh, onto what her question was. And she didn't really have a question, but it was like a more general side. I need to know what, what I need to do in my life right now, what's important and what's significant. And so that's how I journeyed. And when I came back with this, you know, imaginary, but I, it was a vision, it's an image that I saw, and I'm not psychic or clairvoyant, but, you know, you can do this. It's really fun stuff. And it was a jack-in-the-box, and I go, eh, sorry, it's just, all I got was a jack-in-the-box. Does that have any significance to you? And I, before I finished the sentence, her face was just, oh my gosh, I can't believe it. That's it. That's been my whole life. Like it opened up all this stuff for her. And I was like, wow, uh, I didn't pick that. I don't know how that came up. It was just, you know, randomly, I thought, came into my image. You know, when I had my eyes closed, you can imagine all kinds of things. And that was the one that seemed to show up. Uh, but to her, she had felt her whole life that she had been stuffed down. And it was time for her to pop open and, and be herself now. I guess she was in middle age, but I guess it was a time in her life that she needed uh, she needed that. But that was the exact image that worked for her. It didn't work for me. It didn't make any sense to me, but it doesn't have to. Okay? And she certainly wasn't expecting it and didn't direct me to go down there and look for a jack-in-the-box. You know, she had no idea. That's why it took her aback when I told her about it. But again, this is the point about divination and why it can be a really important, very useful, practical tool. You have to use your inner life, your imagination, your interpretation of symbols. You have to use insight. You have to be patient. Sometimes something will come up. You may not know the exact meaning or significance of the reading until an hour later, a day later. Who knows? But be open to it. And something will come through that will give you a new way of looking, a different angle. And whether you take that advice 100% or not, that's up to you. But the point is, you're going to get a new way, a different way of looking at something and looking at yourself. All right. 
So that's divination. Let me know what you think. Let me know if you practice any kind of divinatory tarot cards or astrology. And I want to hear all about it. And we'll see you next time here on Living the Inner Life.